So good to see you here. What an awesome presence of the Lord in this place. You know, sometimes I just want to keep on going. Press into the presence of God. Because it's in the presence of God where we're healed. It's in the presence of God where we, like Debbie said, where we find the comfort and peace even in the middle of the things that we face and the challenges we have. Strength to go on. Strength for tomorrow. How about wisdom from God? So thankful for the time of worship that we have. And if you're a guest of ours, we welcome you here this morning. So glad to have you. And we just pray that God will bless your heart, touch you today in some way this morning. Amen. That's what we're here for, to connect with God. And that's what our job is, is to try to lead you into the presence of God. Thank you, worship team, again, everybody, for helping us this morning. Well, I also, I'm up here because my part today is to take the offering. Amen. I'll be glad when everybody just begins to stand up and worship God for the opportunity that you have, that you're here today, you're healthy, you're alive, you have a job, God's going to give you a job, you had a roof over your head, come on somebody, it's only because of Him. So, this is an opportunity and it is my pleasure to give back what belongs to him. Amen? Amen. So thank you for your faithfulness. Our church is a giving church. And um, I always say that because you guys are generous. Uh, some of you, if you're not on board with that, just jump on board. Just, I promise you, your life will be better. You need to quit battling that and get past that because if you get past that, you're going to find that God is going to be in the midst of everything you do. Amen? I know that's, that's your pastor this morning, and I'm being a pastor, but the money ain't for me. Amen. This is about you between you and God. Amen? It's about trusting God with your resources. Because I'm going to tell you, God can do a lot more with your resources, with that 90% than you'll ever do on your own with 100%. And you're going to waste 10% somewhere anyway. Anyway, so thank you for your giving. So some of you are saying, well, what's the chair? Well, for all you people that are ready to start tithing, I'm going to put you in the chair today. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> some of you may have been recognizing some differences around here, some colors changing on the walls. And uh, it's kind of hidden right now, but bathrooms are being remodeled. It's been 20 years. We need a facelift in this place, an update. And so we chose to begin a, an update of remodeling, uh, new paint. We've been painting all the children's classrooms, getting them updated, new flooring. Amen. Yeah. All the children's workers are like, yay, you know. Uh, our, we're looking to get some new furniture. Believe it or not, 20 years is a long time to have been passing babies along in the same, in the same high chair, everybody. So... But saying that, we're going to be making some more visual updates you'll be seeing here in the next few months with the foyer. All that's going to completely uh, be redone and repainted. 
an update to our cafe, and even we'll move into the auditorium. These pews are, are 20 years old. The carpet uh, is, is old. You see stains on them. But, you know, that's a good thing. That means people have been in here having church. I would rather have stains on them than a perfect carpet with nobody worshiping God in here. Amen? But that being said, we've been raising funds. If you were here, I talked about Heart for the House uh, back in December. And, uh, of course, Heart for the House goes for many things. We supplied Christmas for many families. Thank you so much for helping us do that. We, we helped families in our church that were, maybe they had a difficult year, and we were able to make, have, help them have a great Christmas. You did that. Amen? Um, but some other things that we are striving for is to raise funds uh, for the project that we're on, which um, I know this sounds like a lot of money, but when you bring a lot of people together, we can do great things. Amen? And, and by the way, God has been good to us, and we are debt-free, and that's something to praise God for. Amen? I, I don't want to be a slave to the bar, you know, I, I want, uh, to the lender. I want, I want to be free from that. That being said, I've not gone out and borrowed any money for this project. That doesn't mean I have all the money yet. Y'all know if you've been here long enough, I've never done a building program. Ever. I've never tried to press people for money. I've just said, you know, be faithful. If you'll be faithful in your finances, God will take care of everything else for you and for us. And so if you're new here and you're a visitor today, you're like, great, pastor's talking about money. No, you just happen to walk in the day I am talking about it. But how many of you know it takes money to operate and to bring uh, the, the great facilities that God's given us to worship together in? So that being said, the project's about an $800,000 project. And I know that sounds like a lot, but it, there's a lot of projects that are in the millions. And we are very, you can ask anybody here that works here, I am very tight. Like I, very tight on the finances because I'm responsible to be a good steward of your resources. Um, so, you know, um, but that being said, it takes giving and above and beyond what we're doing. So thank you for your regular giving. But we, from time to time, we're going to present something to you to help us pay for it. Because we've had about $92,000 given for Heart for the House, okay? Thank you very much. That's all great, but $92,000 and $800,000. How many of you know that? So we're going to walk through this. I'm believing God's going to supply the need. I didn't say all at once. So we're going to chip away at this thing. Okay, we're going to chip away, hit this thing. How many of you understand chipping away at some things, paying them off? We're going to do that. Now, we're using our reserves. We've already spent about $170,000 thus far. 92's come in. So I, I'm trying to just keep some breather, and, and, and I'm trusting in God that he's going to supply the need. But one thing that you can help me do this week, anybody see this nice-looking chair? So I want them to put up some pictures of the auditorium, some renderings that we have, uh, just to, so you have a visual this morning of kind of what we're trying to do. It's on the center screen. So you can kind of see, man, the lights are red. There we go. So this is a, this is a, a rendering 
of the inside of the, what we're trying to do here in the auditorium. And you can see, now so many people have questioned these chairs because we have pews. I like the pews because y'all like to spread out, put your feet up and all that kind of good stuff. Everybody's got an opinion, right? I have to make the decision. I'll tell you this, this chair is more comfortable than that pew. Secondly, they hook together and you can actually sit in the middle and you would hardly even notice the difference. So they're light pews. Plus, that gives us freedom to move things around. Uh, a lot of times we can't even get a lift in here. I know y'all don't think about that stuff. We can't even get a lift in here, Harley, to change the light bulbs. And we have to set up scaffolding and beat up the pews and everything else. So anyway, long story short, this is the new chair. Yay! <laughs> These chairs cost $74 each. $74. For some of you, that's a lot of money. For some of you, it's not a big deal. Amen? I'm not asking for equal giving. I'm asking for equal, equal sacrifice. Right? So here's the deal. We need about 1,100 of these chairs. They're not all going in here. Some of them we need in our chapel. We need them in our elementary side. There's about 40 to 50 elementary kids in there every week that are sitting in chairs. And they, right now they're sitting on very, very old chairs. They've been begging me for years to get them chairs. So we're going to go ahead and do that. Student, we're, we're, we've, we've now moved all of our student facilities over here upstairs. We're remodeling that whole room for our, for our students so that we're all under one roof. Amen. And they need chairs. So we're at about 1,100 chairs. So that totals about $81,000. Okay? Sounds like a lot of money, right? If I had, I just did some numbers in my head. Is this okay, church? I'm just talking to you right now. If you're a visitor, just, you know, forget about what I'm saying. I'm going to preach in just a minute. But if 300 people, if 300 people were to purchase three chairs, now I don't know how many people in your family, if you got five kids, you need five. Three chairs, I'm just giving a minimum, a minimum of 300 people, that's $222 each. We could raise $66,000, okay? 300 people bought four chairs, that's $296, okay? We could raise $88,000 and pay for it with some leftover. I, I'm trying to break it down to you to give you a minimum. Now, some of you can't do that, but I just want you to think about that. We could, we today, I believe we could, I mean, I've seen us do it in the past. We could actually raise the cash right now and pay for these chairs and be done. And it doesn't come out of our, our reserves. And so I'm just asking you, what about if there's people in your family? Don't, don't just think about the people in your family Think about the person you want sitting in that chair in the next year. Yes. Amen. Who are you praying That's for? Right. Amen. 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 Amen, somebody? Amen. So 
Maybe you want to purchase a chair to feel. That way, every time you walk in here, you're going, God, I'm believing right now. And I'm going to ask him this week. I got a chair for you, literally. (laughs) Amen. So I'm just asking you to help us do that. Consider. I know some of you, maybe you're running tight right now. You can't do it. I'm not here to make you feel guilty. I'm trying to show you the power of we. When we all contribute, we can do things quickly for God. Because there's nothing more than people need than Jesus in their life right now. And we're going to update this place, provide a comfortable place for them. And um, I know we can do it. Amen. We can do that right now. So I pray God speak to your heart. Here's the truth. Some of you... Some of you can't afford a chair, or maybe you can only afford one chair. Some of you, you could give $1,000 right now. Amen, somebody? I already told you we spent $170, so whatever we, if we raise any extra, it's going to go towards everything else. So I just wanted to ask for your help today. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. Amen. I'm not here to do an auction. I'm not going to do that. But I did want to spend some time just showing you the real need. I mean, how many of you enjoy coming in here and sitting on a nice pew? It's not wooden. It's not hard. But we're going we're gonna to raise the funds and update this place. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. And we appreciate it. Amen. So, Father, we give you thanks today for your blessings. We give you thanks today, God, that you have provided a home for us. Lord, that... That we are debt free, God. We don't owe anybody. But I pray, Lord, that we keep moving the kingdom forward. We keep reaching more people. And I just thank you and I pray your blessing upon every household. Those that are here today, God, blessings in their resources and their finances, oh God. As we surrender the first part unto you, may your blessings fall on us. That's your word. That's your promise unto us. And we claim it and receive it today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say a good amen. Amen. Watch the screens. Hi, CLC Church. It's Kayla. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We have a few announcements, so listen up. We would love to connect with you and pray for you. Please fill out a Connect card located on our app or your seat. If you're a guest with us, we welcome you, and we would love for you to join us in our VIP lounge after service to meet some of our leadership team. It's located out the doors and to your right. Join us for CLC Toddler Time. Bring your kids for story time, dancing, singing, snacks, and fun. This Thursday, January 19th at 10 a.m., we'll be learning about when Jesus fed the multitude. Join us for a picnic with our friends. Look for the balloons so you know where to enter the facility. Are you ready to become a member of CLC Church? Our Growth Track class is just for you. Our classes start on Tuesday, January 24th in our chapel. We encourage you to sign up on the app today. Food and childcare will be provided. We are in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and we invite you to join us right here in the auditorium Monday through Friday from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. for our daily prayer service. We also have Saturdays at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's the best way to start 2023. Make sure to follow CLC Church on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and like and share today's message on social media. You can download our app in the App Store. We really want to stay connected with you. Well, that's all for today's announcements. If you missed any dates, times, or information, you can visit our CLC app or website. Have a champion week. Amen. Are you ready for the word this morning? 
Don't let our giving get in the way of us receiving what God has for us. Amen. By the way, some people are asking where, how, where to give it. If you give online, just give under heart for the house. Okay? Just give under heart for the house. We appreciate it. All right. We started a brand new series last week simply titled God First. God First. It's the principle in the Bible that runs from cover to cover, the principle of first things. God desires to be first in our lives. Can I read you a scripture? I read you all of it last week. I'm going to read you the end of this chapter. It says, it's Matthew 6, Can you read it with me? It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first. Now, if you go ahead and if you read the first part of chapter 6, he starts talking about we worry about things. We, we are anxious because we need, to, we need provision in our lives. What are we, he, says, he talks about what are you going to eat. We worry about what we're going to eat, where you're going to sleep, what you're going to wear. In other words, all the worries of life. You worry about you know, your kids. You worry about your job. You worry about all those things. And, 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 and he talks about because he obviously knew that there were, that would be on the top of our heart and top of our mind. And then he, right in the middle, towards this chapter, he says, but here's the answer. Seek first the kingdom of God. Isn't it an amazing thought to think that the God of this world, okay? you got to wrap your mind. It's hard to wrap your mind around it, really. Our creator, who created all things, all the galaxies, stars, moons, all the planets, all the animals, you, loved us so much he, he came down and he became flesh on this earth. And that's a crazy thought. That would be, and he starts claiming, you know, I am. I, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the bread of life. And these guys, these religious people are looking at him going, I know where you grew up. I know where you're from, James. You're from spring. And God comes down and fills a man and he humbles himself. God is so vast. Remember, Moses couldn't even look at God. But God humbles himself and lowers himself into a man to come show us what he's like. To come show us all he wants. All he wants is you. All he wants is you. And he's asking that you say all I want is you. He just wants every, a part of your everyday. We talked about that last week. So I, I, my, my prayer this year, and I started it off on Christmas Eve, is that your relationship with God would go to a whole new level. We just sang a song, From Glory to Glory. That means that I'm not declining, I'm gaining. I'm not declining or stepping back, and God's not over here, you know, he's a part of my life, but no, I'm actually growing in God from glory to glory, from blessing to blessing, compounding his word in my life so that I know him better. So God simply wants a relationship. So I just, 
I want you to get in, the, in your heart of what it means to have God first. Because he says this. He says this. He goes on. He says, all these things shall be added to, unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to have enough trouble. Sufficient for its day is its own trouble. But today, how many of you have had trouble this week? Don't you think God knows where you are? I mean, if he humbled himself, came in here, and then died for you so that you could have a relationship, he knows there's going to be trouble, but he, he just wants priority. He said, I'll bless you. I'll take care of you. And it's a principle of first. That's what he asked from us. I mean, God doesn't think it's just the best way. It's the only way. It's the only way. Amen? Because here's the deal. We all worship something. Whether you realize it, you may not get down on your knees and worship it, but you worship something. You were created to worship. That's the way God made you. And it may be a career. Some people, it becomes a priority. It may be a sport, a sports team, or your child's sport. I'm a pastor, y'all, so y'all just gonna, gonna listen to me spit a little while this morning, okay? But I'm trying to get to you. It may be gardening. It may be shopping. It may be, I don't know. I'm, I like to hunt. I like to spend time outdoors. I mean, worship is our response to what we value the most. Think about it. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything inherently wrong with those things because we have passions. I have desires. I like old cars. I like working on them. I like, there's all kinds of, I like hanging out with my kids and my wife, and I love spending time with them. There's nothing wrong with that. God doesn't mind you having some things. I mean, but if all your focus is on money and making money, not that you're not a good steward, but God wants to be a first part of everything. He wants to be a part of your career, a part of raising your kids, a part of your success and financial. Are, are y'all getting what I'm saying? He wants to be included. But worship is our response. To, some people just worship themselves. You say, well, I don't do that. I don't go around and say, worship me. It's usually not like that. But it's when you put yourself first before God. That's when it's like that. Hello? Again, there's nothing wrong with certain things, but as long as it doesn't take the place of God in your life. So I'm here to ask you the same question I asked you last week. Is God at the top of your list? He doesn't want second place. He won't take third place. He's wants first in your life. And I don't care what it takes. you got to get there. If you're really going to serve God, I mean, look, you can say, well, God's on my list, but he may, he may not be at the top of your list. And I have some news for you. If he's not at the top of the list, he's really not on your list. And that's the problem with human beings is we, we continue to put our own needs and our desires sometimes, and God is just a part instead of the center and the top priority in our lives. And I'm trying to get you to see and reorder some things this morning. It's the key, but seek first the kingdom of God. 
And all these things. Do y'all trust God's word? The Bible addresses some things. And, and I'm concerned because I look around in this generation and I see what's happening. And it's really following suit to what the word says. The Bible says there's going to be a generation in the last days who do what I'm calling the not-so-great exchange. In other words, they're going to exchange some things. What belongs to God, they're going to end up putting other things in its place. I'm warning the church. I'm trying to talk to you, the church, okay, this morning. I'm talking to you. Just, Just listen to your pastor's heart. I'm talking to you, church, because the enemy is now using, uh, stealing your time and bringing distraction. Time and distraction. Because every week you say, well, I don't have. Well, you know, the church could use you serving here and our prayer meetings going on here, but I don't have. Somewhere along, you know, the enemy is using this weapon against the church right now. Why? Because if we're not feeding our spirit man and corporately we're not encouraging one another, I'm going to tell you, how in the world are we going to be able to reach the world for Jesus? How in the world are we going to claim Jesus over my family when Jesus ain't even first in my life? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not that pastor that's going to tickle your ears and make you just feel good about yourself when you walk out of here. No, my job is to bring correction in the biblical word of God to help you to walk and follow God and place him as priority in your life. And your life will be better. And the blessings of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord shall follow you wherever you go. The enemy is lying and deceiving and getting us so busy. Getting our minds on everything. I mean, you spend hours on front of that little thing. Hours. Hours. Not minutes. Did I say there's, it's not that it's a bad, but it becomes a bad thing. When it takes away from your time with God. I'm not even on my notes, so just forgive me. But here's what he says. This is the night so a great exchange. He says, For all the, although they knew God, he's talking to people that claim to know God. Although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile. In other words, it's just confusion. It doesn't, doesn't even make sense the way I'm thinking, the way I'm living. I, I, I claim that I go to church. I, I, I'm here this morning, and I'm, I'm glad you're here, by the way. I'm not, I, it's going to sound like I'm griping at you this morning. No, I'm trying to encourage you so that you can be stronger for somebody else. I, I'm trying to make sure you prioritize more than just showing up for church, but God is there on Monday morning and at noontime and evening time and when you go to bed at night and when I begin to strategize and plan my way that I don't put God over here on the back burner, but I submit my plans unto the Lord. My marriage. They knew God, but they didn't glorify him as God. 
nor gave thanks to him. Does that sound like the generation we're in? But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. I mean, all of a sudden we're feeding the flesh more than the spirit and it begins to darken our eyes. We can't even see. Do you know there's a spirit of God living on the inside of you that needs to be fed? Do you know the Holy Spirit is there to empower you, to give you revelation, to give you strength? I mean, I know the moment I start operating in the flesh. I tried to start doing everything on my own, make decisions on my own. And, 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 but when you operate in the Spirit, there is a divine intervention in your thought, in your mind, in the way you do things, the way you say things, the way you talk, the way you see things. Instead of your vision, getting God's vision. God, I can't even get through this scripture. But their thinking became futile and the foolish hearts were darkened, although they claimed to be wise. I know what I'm doing. I know what's best for me, pastor. Quiet in here. Y'all online, y'all listening. You may not say that out loud, but you're thinking it. Oh, God, help me. Am I, I'm just selfish in my own thinking. Well, God, I'm, I'm, I'm including you. Hmm. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged. Everybody say exchanged. They put something in the place of God. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images. Stop right there and think about that. I mean, stuff we create. How can you even worship something you created? <laughs> Ain't no God. You created it. It's not even deserved. It's not even worthy of praise. Come on, somebody. So, the glory of the immortal God for, uh, made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Now, I know that that's talking, that was happening in their generation, okay? You have to read through the lines because we're not worshiping birds. I hope not. We're not worshiping reptiles. But he's talking about anything in your life that you give worship to. You may not have a golden calf set up in your living room. If you do, you need to go sell that thing and pay your tithe. But there is something else maybe on the throne of your heart. You love it. You value it. You think about it. You spend time on it. You spend money on it. That's how you know what you really worship. So can I give you five things that we exchange? Number one. I just wrote the word substitution, and you fill in the blank. What is it that you give a lot of time and, and effort, and you think about it, you, you value it. Not that it's, look, I'm not saying it's all wrong, but it's dominating you. What is it? 
that consumes you. Now, now some people, they love football season. They love college football. I love all that. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with it, but we have to be careful that it doesn't consume us and take the place of God because we spend money on it. Oh, come on. You go to a stadium, you buy a ticket, see how much it costs. I love the Astros, but I don't want to pay for their tickets anymore. Watch it at home for free. Amen. Look, it's okay to love it, have fun with it, but don't let it take the place of a loving God who's only worthy of your worship. Amen. Don't let all your shouting and your, I mean, we go to those games, we're screaming, yeah, that's my team. And you're screaming for guys that don't even know your name. You're up there shouting, don't let it be better than your worship on Sunday morning. Nobody should have to beg you to walk in here and shout the name of Jesus who knows every hair on your head and has delivered you and redeemed you. Think about it. See, some of you just haven't got a hold of who God is. God walked this earth for me. God is the only thing that's going to matter in the end of this life anyway. I wish I could get people here. Just I wish I could fill this area up every Sunday morning, just people worshiping God. Because my worship is going to be better than my Saturday. Screaming for a team that don't even know my name. My God. You say, I mean, look at the scripture, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 14. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the people around you, the people around you, the people around you. I'm not going along with just the crowd, everybody. We're like a bunch of cows being, you know, get them into the cattle pen. We just follow along. That's the trend, pastor. That's the trend. No, no, no. No, no, no. God is the trend. God is the trail. For the Lord your God who among you is a jealous God. He's, jealous. He's saying, man, I wish you would shout that way for me. Man, I wish you would give up your praise. I wish you would show up early and get your seat and your popcorn and your drink, whatever that is, for me. Oh, Lord, have Jesus. I, I just walked into a hornet's nest on that one. If God is priority and I want to be with them, we ought to be running to the house of God to be corporately together. It's, it's good for those to dwell, the saints of God to dwell together. It's where we're healed and set free. It's where we find relationship not only with God, but with other godly people that encourage us and lift us up. There ain't nobody in that stadium going to encourage me. The Texans need help right now anyway. Dear Jesus, they just need your prayers. If anything, come and pray for them. I know we got some connections here, like her nephew plays for them, you know, and all. He's praying Jesus right now. Where am I at? Here's the second thing we exchange it for, pride. 
pride. And let me just talk particularly about it like in a, in a place like this. When we come in, some people don't even understand our worship there. And look, I, if, you're, if you're traditional, I, I get it. Maybe you're going, I don't understand this at all. Y'all crazy. People yelling and singing and clapping and, I mean, all those things. Look, I get it, but yet you won't leave because you feel something. Something different. It's not dead religion. We'll talk more about that later because God calls us to worship like that. Amen. And some of you really, you know, you, you got something going on in your, in your mind. You're like playing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you're just afraid. You just kind of, I mean, you, you haven't gotten there in your worship. You know, like, like, like you, you've been coming for a while and you've just been tapping your foot. Like, I mean, it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it's like this. Mm-hmm. You're kind of swaying back and forth. And it's like, carry the TV. Carry the TV. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, it's like, uh, feel go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Feel go. I feel go. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah. You getting there. I watch you. I see you. <laughs> but when I say pride, what I mean by that is you're afraid of what other people think. People might call me a fanatic. Does that really bother you? Does that bother you that God is my king? Does that bother you that I give my devotion to my creator? Does that bother you that I give him my adoration and my affection? Really, they're just envious. But we're so concerned about what people think. I mean, some of you come to church and you got the groomsman pose. Smile for Jesus. All during worship, like this. I don't want nobody to think I'm, you know, a little crazy or anything. I don't, I mean, you know, I got my nice stuff on. Yeah. Let me just tell you something. Ain't nobody watching you. If they watching you, there's something wrong with them because you watching them. I'm watching you. You watching me. We're happy. You know, I mean, we're all a big family. I mean, it's amazing how you can be so conscious about people. What they think. I mean, but we're not concerned about what God thinks. This is a place of worship. This is a place to honor God. We come here for a reason. Amen, somebody. Look, look, this happened. Look at John 12, 42. It says, Jesus was dealing with, he said, at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear they would not be they would be put out of the synagogue for they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Please don't let that be true of me. Oh God, I want to worship. Don't just say, you know what? I had it going on in my heart, pastor. I don't have to always express it. No, God likes it. 
I'm going to get to that in just a minute. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Here's the next exchange. And this is not a word we use. You may not even know what it means. It's hedonism. You're going to learn a new word. Everybody say hedonism. All you thought of was heathen. Here's the deal. We live in a hedonistic society. What that means. Okay, let me tell you what it means. It's the belief that pleasure or happiness is my goal in life. We live in that society. I'm gonna, if it makes me happy, it's good for me. It may not be good for you, but it's good for me. If that makes you happy, great, but that doesn't make, this makes me happy. In other words, uh, uh, you measure how you're supposed to live based on if it feels good or not. Well, it feels good. It just feels good. So you don't have any morals. You have feelings. This world is in trouble, y'all, right now. They need Jesus so bad. We have left God out of the picture. And I'm trying to bring the church back because it's pulling on the church. We're going along with the crowd. And God's saying, no, I haven't changed. I still require purity. I still am a holy God. Does that mean he doesn't forgive? No, God forgives. But he wants you to change the way you live. But it's, it just, it's the way I feel. You don't have choices, but you have feelings. Don't judge me. That's how I feel. That's what the world said. Don't judge me. Everybody, everybody's saying that. Don't judge me. That's just how I feel. That's not a great way to live your life because your feelings can't be trusted. Yes, feelings are wonderful. God gave them to us, right? There's nothing better than being in a worship service and feeling the presence of God. But that's not the goal. We're not here to give any of us a feeling. We're here to give God what he deserves. You know what that means? There's some Sundays I may come in and it's been a hell of a week. And I don't feel like singing. I don't feel like worshiping. I'm not raising my hands. I'm not clapping my, I'm here because she made me. I don't feel it. It's not a feeling. It's doing something that he deserves. Worship is not just a feeling. It's saying, you know what? It's a sacrifice of praise. It's a, sometimes I have to make a sacrifice so I can praise my way into a feeling, into the presence of God. That's worship. So I'm walking in here. I may not feel it. You know, usually the first song, people still coming in. Y'all still in the parking lot. Some of you half a mile down the street. I don't know. I'm all around the place today. Like. But if you come in and open up your mouth, I begin to give him the praise that he deserves, not how I feel. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to feel it, babe. Sometimes I don't, I, sometimes I don't feel like preaching. I'm still human, y'all. I still got feelings. And some things in life don't feel good. And there's things that happen during the week that don't feel good. But it's not like, well, I ain't preaching, God. 
So I got to preach myself into a feeling. Sometimes I don't like my own message. Because you know what? It's talking to me. The Word will do that. Like right now. Like right now. My God. Hedonism. <laughs> what does the scripture say? Hebrews 13, 15. Though Jesus, through Jesus, therefore let us, not wait until we feel it, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I'm giving God what he deserves. I'm not basing it on how I feel. People say, well, I don't worship God that way. It's not my personality. But what if it's God's personality? What if it's his way? I mean, I don't love you based on what I like. I've got to find your love language. I don't tell my wife, well, I, I, I love you because of this, but it's nothing. That, I'm not really speaking her love language. What good does that do? If God likes it, that's the way I'm going to give him worship. I mean, if Jesus is in here in this place right now and he lives on the inside of you, hmm. Can I wrap my mind around that? I mean, if Jesus were to physically stand in front of you right now, what would you do? I'd fall down and worship. Here's the deal. He said, you are the temple of the living God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The question is, is he in there? The question is, have you prepared your temple and made it an available space for him to take priority in your life? Or do you have too much stuff that you're wrapped up in, too much priorities that you've established in your time? Where is room for him? Because when he's there, you will humble yourself before him and adore him and praise him. When I wake up the morning, I will say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I'm glad you're in my morning coffee time. I'm glad you, Lord, with me at lunchtime. I'm glad when you're with me at work. I'm glad with you with me when I'm sleeping. I'm glad you're with me when I'm making decisions. I, anybody, he's there. Continually, he says, live a life of worship. Give him a sacrifice of praise. Some of you need to stand up right now, even though you don't feel it, and give him a sacrifice, the fruit of your lips. Jesus. He's my king. He's my king. He's my savior. I'm going to be with him forever. I'm only dwelling here for a little time, but all eternity, no more sorrow, no more pain. I got to get a heavenly perspective. Have my family with me, my marriage with him. My friends with me, and I got Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You got to praise your way into that place. See, go ahead and give me somebody up here because I ain't going to finish this message.
Hallelujah. 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 God, you deserve the glory. You deserve the glory, God. You deserve the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the anointing in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you need to pray right now in the spirit. You, uh-huh. You need the spirit to pray your heavenly language. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Some of you need to be filled up. It's been so long. It's been so long since you have tasted of the heavenly. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to Jesus, glory. Hikalama shoto Glory to the name of Jesus. Do your work, oh God. Do your work right now. Come on, let them do the work in your heart right now. Hallelujah. Come on, some of you need to give God what he wants. He wants, number one, he wants your affection. He wants your affection. He wants your affection. Listen, listen. We're not going to finish this message, but let me just tell you something. I think you got my point, but I'm a dad. I have three children. I love taking my kids on vacation. But how many of you know five times anything is expensive? <laughs> it's expensive to go anywhere these days. But when we get back from vacation or we're on vacation, you know, I mean, we, we've been to some great, wonderful places. And even when they were little kids, I can remember taking them to Disney World. And that man, they come up and say, Daddy. This is the best day of my life. And they just drove that little car around, you know, that bangs back and forth through the rails. They really thought they were driving, you know. I don't ask them to repay me back. 
I, you know, I, I provided it all. But you know what I, I do like? When they say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you, God. Thank you for taking us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Dad. For That's all he wants. He owns it all. He said, look, I mean, there's a scripture I didn't even read, but he's talking about, hey, you know, I know I asked you to make sacrifices and bring the blood and, 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 and animals and all this. He said, but I don't need it. I own it all. I own the cattle of a thousand hills. I don't need all that. But I just want you. I just want you. So he just wants your affection. I mean, when people come up to me at the end of a service and say, Pastor, that was such a great message. Thank you. It spoke to my heart. You know, I love that. I love that. It's awesome. I thank you for that. But when one of my kids comes up and says, Dad, that's awesome. Dad, that really touched me. Dad, you the man. I'm still paying their bills. I'm doing, doing all that. But I'm like, yes. That's what God wants. He has everything. He's Lord over all. He just wants your affection, your thank yous. I mean, every time that orange thing comes up in the morning, you look at it and say, thank you, Jesus. That is amazing. How, how did you do that? I mean, did I forget how amazing just the universe is? Wow! Did you see that? I'll tell you another thing he wants. He just wants to be first place. He wants to be in control of your life. I mean, when I made a vow to this woman, that means I'm going to be faithful. A vow to be faithful come hell or high water, come problems and stuff that happens. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to love you to the end. I made a vow. That's all God is asking. Like, be faithful to your commitment to him. If you made a commitment to him, live for him. Don't be casually dating God. I can't go dating while I'm married. How can I really have a real relationship? Is this too tough? Y'all going to have to read them on your own. Everybody stand. Listen. We have been one week prayer and fasting. I have no idea if you're participating or not. I have no idea. I'm praying you are in some form or fashion. When I say fasting, some of you here weren't, last, weren't here last week, go back and listen to the message because I talk about what fasting is and what it isn't. But it's denying yourself something to make room for God. Some of it, some people like to do a full fast, man. It's just water and juices, and that's tough, but I've done it. Some people do a partial fast. Debbie and I are doing a partial fast because of her health, and she has to take medication. And it's not a matter of just, if you're just starving yourself, go ahead and eat, because if you ain't spending time with God, it don't matter. Hello? Go ahead and go to salt grass and get you a steak today. And 
Some of you hadn't eaten anything. You're going, Pastor, please, I'm drooling. I mean, like, like we, we, ever, we were watching something on TV the other night, and every commercial. But we're doing a partial fast. We're doing a partial fast. We're fasting 16 hours a day. And you can do that. You say, you can sleep and fast. Yes, you can sleep and fast. Make time for God during that time. I'm fasting all from 9. We'll just tell you what we're doing. From 9 to 1 p.m. 9 to 1 p.m. We're fasting. Spend time with God in the morning. Spend God with time at noon and time in the evening. Making room for God. I'm enjoying reading through the scriptures again right now. I'm so much enjoying. So I just want to remind you, if you're not joined in with us, also we have prayer. Uh, don't say you didn't hear the announcement. We have prayer at 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Tell your neighbor, did you get that? I appreciate all the people that have been coming. We had a great week this week. But you know what? We need about 90% more of you. I know some of you are working. I know you see you got things going on. I'm not saying you got to be here every night. I can't even make it every single night. But you can make it at least some. Priority. Come spend 45 minutes of prayer. Just do it. Do it. If you even get here late, even 7:30, just come. We've been laying hands on people at the end, praying for the sick. That's what the Bible calls us to do. Yes, that is Bible. I'm believing for healing in the sick. I'm believing for prodigals to come home. I'm believing for children. We pray and we believe it. Because where two or three are gathered in his name. So here we're going into the second week. I'm just, will you join me? Come on. How many of your prayers ever, ever hurt you? Okay, move on, Pastor. Just join us. Make time. I'm not, I mean, you know, I'm not asking you to be here every night, but make time. Come in. Man, let's lift up God and give him the praise he deserves. Amen. Every, every head bowed. I'm going to close this service. Man, if you're here today and you feel God speaking to you, like, I need to make a move, like, whether it's giving my life to God, whether it's making him first, reorganizing my priorities, whatever it is. If God has spoken to you in any form of way, I want to pray with you today. Would you just raise your hand real quick and say, that's me. Come on, hands go all over the place. God. Come on, just go ahead and raise the other hand with it. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to seek first the kingdom of God? So, Father, I pray for every hand raised in this place. I pray for every heart that is listening to your voice right now. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you. I pray, God. I pray you speak life into them. 
whatever they've put in as a substitution in front of you, I pray they be delivered from that, God. If it's a habit, if it's an addiction, if it's a struggle, I pray for complete freedom right now in the name of Jesus. For you came to set us free. And where the truth is, where there's truth, you sh there shall be freedom in their life, God. I pray for deliverance. I pray, God, for their priorities. If they've allowed other things to get in, in front of them, distract them. Today, I'm making a new vow unto you, oh God. I'm putting you first in my life. In Jesus' name. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, everybody repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for all my sin. Forgive me, God. I repent today. I've been walking my way, but now I'm going to walk towards you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior from this day forward. In Jesus' name, give me the courage to live for you. Give me the confidence to live for you. Give me the strength to overcome. Put people around me that I need in my life. I ask you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say a big amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Wasn't that a great word today, guys? I, I pray and believe that all of our hearts and minds are open to receive all of, of what he preached about today, about putting God first. But if you gave your life to Christ today, we are so excited. Church, let's, let's celebrate with them today. This is a big day for them. So congratulations. You made that first step. That's a big step. And if you did give your life to Christ today, we have a new believer's Bible we would love to put in your hands. Karen, raise your hand. Right here on the front row, Karen has new believer's Bibles, and they have a lot of some great answers to some great questions in it. So please, if you have a minute, come up here and grab one, and we would love to give it to you. And also, if you're new here today at CLC, we'd love to meet you and meet your family. If you want, if you could, just go out these double doors to what we call our VIP. Um, it's, it's glassed in right here. And James and I can meet you, and you can meet some of our staff, and we'd love to meet you there. But besides that, we love you. We're so glad you came here today, and we just we pray that you have a champion week.
No. Oh. 